it was just kind of one of those, um, I guess I can say like divine, like intervention things that kind of said, Hey, you need to come back here. Don't, we can't explain to you why you need to come back here, but there's a reason for you to come back here. So I just did. Welcome to Drop the Disc. Thank you so much for tuning in today to this awesome presentation of the Drop the Disc podcast. Today's guest, we are really excited about. He is a change maker in the technology space in Augusta with a focus on workforce development. Richard Green with Tech for Success. Yeah, you may you may be interested in uh, computer repair, but if you don't see yourself doing that forever, well, here's 15 other options that you can look at. And if you want to test it out before you, you know, try to go someplace else, Here's one company where you can literally do all of that in, in under one roof. Now, Richard is not just all about job training at Tech for Success. He also is trying to solve one of America's largest problems that you may have never heard of. Um, so in the United States, uh, we generate um, about 6.9 million tons of, uh, of e-waste every year. And only about 9% of that actually gets recycled. And what does he have to say about the focus of his business? Profitability is great. Um, it keeps uh, keeps the payroll paid. It keeps uh, the operations going. But you know, there is a lot more than profitability when it comes to uh, the things that we do as a company. This episode was really fun for Chris and I to do. There's so many different elements and aspects of Tech for Success that we barely got to get to everything. So if you have questions about it, we really recommend you go to Richard's new location right on Broad Street. Check it out. Learn more about the projects that he's got going on, including the broadband project that you'll hear about towards the end. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you do enjoy it, please do us a favor. Leave us a rating or review wherever you listen. If you don't want to leave a rating or review, just tell a friend. Don't hog drop the disc to yourself. Let's make sure everybody knows what's going on in the city. Speaking of what's going on in the city, our show is presented by somebody who is always involved in anything that's going on, and that's Nancy Powell of Powell & Associates. Powell & Associates is Augusta's number one rated real estate firm. Nancy has been our sponsor since the beginning, has been making this show possible. She also has made possible the homes that Chris and I live in individually. Uh, she is extremely experienced knowledgeable when it comes to anything in the real estate market from buying, selling, investing, hooking you up with the right connections to get work done, making sure that your deal closes and anything in between. If you have a real estate question in Augusta, the first thing you need to do is pick up the phone and call 706-717-1281. Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey guys, I'm David. And uh, we are Drop the Disc Podcast. It's so good to be back. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> We're That's back. right. We had a COVID week last yeah, week with Chris. I, yeah, um, I had to do it virtually. It was uh, I couldn't see what was going on, but... And that episode's going to come out pretty soon. Uh, we're happy to have you back yes. in the studio. I am I am so happy to have a beer and taste <laughs> it. It's so nice. Ha have a beer and taste it yes. being the important totally part Totally different. To, we can go on to that later. But uh, <laughs> today we have an awesome guest today with us today. And could you please introduce yourself? Yep. So I'm uh, Richard Green with uh, Tech for Success. And uh, tell, tell me a little bit about Tech for Success. Don't go too much detail because we'll get into that later. We will get into it. All right. So, um, so basically, Tech for Success is an uh, e-waste recycling company. Um, we we kind of do a little bit of everything in the uh, IT space except for deal with uh, cybersecurity. Um, but, you know, we, we actually do computer repair, uh, cell phone repair, and a few other, uh, few other IT services as well. Excellent. Excellent. And are you from Augusta? Uh, no, I'm not originally from Augusta. Um, I was actually born in Jamaica. Um, my family uh, immigrated here in uh, 1989. Uh, we lived okay. in you know, we lived in New York, uh, then lived in Florida, then I joined the army, and then I lived everywhere. So, <laughs> <laughs> so how how old were you when you came to America for the first time? Uh, I was actually four. Four. Yep. And it was uh, it was actually a really crazy experience because uh, we came in. Um, I think it was December of. Uh, 1989. I was wearing a sore sleeve shirt and shorts. And it was <laughs> you went the, to New York. Yeah, and it was a blizzard of 1989. <laughs> so I remember that day very, very vividly. 
<laughs> That's funny. So so you came here when you were four. You went to New York, and then you you went to Florida as well. After that, yeah. I assume the weather was a little bit more um, uh, substantially correct. Uh, yeah. Take us through. Um, you joined the military. Mm-hmm. Did you do that in Florida? Yes, I did. Um, I joined. Uh, I joined when I was seventeen. Um, okay. Junior year of high school. Is uh, that legal? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Your parents have to sign. There you, know, you go. Reluctantly, okay. but they'll. You know, they have to sign. <laughs> <laughs> so you joined the military at that time. Right now you're in the tech space. Mm-hmm. Is that what you wanted to do in the military? So crazy story about that. Um, so when I joined the military, I actually wanted to be a combat engineer um, because I thought it was cool to just blow stuff up. Um, and then, uh, you know, I was told by the uh, recruiter at the time that, yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> um, so he led me on to another job for uh, being an x-ray technician. Okay. Um, and I ended up doing that instead. Okay. And you started in Florida. Take us through the different places that you lived when you joined the military. Um, so when I joined the military, I lived, um, I actually spent the first eight years of my career, uh, active duty career um, in Germany. Uh, then uh, while I was in Germany, I was deployed to Iraq twice. Um, so, you know, I, I was there long enough to own real estate. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I lived in, um, I lived in South Korea, uh, I came back here to Augusta, Georgia. Um, I was at uh, Eisenhower Army Medical Center, is uh, one of the NCICs for the radiology department there. Uh, then I was in uh, Fort Polk, Louisiana. So you actually moved to Augusta, moved to Louisiana, and then when you got out, you chose to move back to Augusta. Yeah. So um, I actually, uh, when I was in basic, after basic training, um, I went to AIT in uh, San Antonio, Texas, and then I came here to Augusta for part two of my AIT. So I, I actually, um, I, when I came here in 2003 for the first time, I actually made a, I made a little bit of a promise to myself that, you know, I, I had to come back to Augusta. Really? Yeah, it, it was crazy um, because in that, that time frame, like Grovetown, Grovetown was still a forest. I mean, yeah. it, was, yeah. it was crazy. Um, but there was just something about Augusta that just uh, drew me back here. So um, in 2003, I made a promise to myself that I'd find a way to get back here and just live. Um, so that opportunity came in uh, 2012. Um, so I decided to come, come back and bought my house. My family stayed here, and I just you know finished uh, finished out my tour. I'm so curious about this 2003 mm-hmm. uh, experience that you had after living overseas for over 10 years. Is that right? Uh, it's about eight. Eight years yeah. living in New York, living in Florida. Mm-hmm. What was it about Augusta that stuck out? Um, it. it so there, um, <laughs> there was a lot of uh, untapped potential that I saw here. Um, there, I mean, there was just so much that could be done, and I just, yeah, there. I, it was just kind of one of those. Um, I guess I can say like divine, like intervention things that kind of said, "Hey, you need to come back here. Don't. We can't explain to you why you need to come back here, but there's a reason for you to come back here." Interesting. So I just did. That is that is something that I believe through various interviews we have not heard uh, somebody say it in that particular way before. Right. Yeah. Um, what was the city like at that point? What what were some things that stuck out for you? Were you in the downtown? Were you in the forest that is Evans or was Evans at that time? Because I lived in Evans at that time. Yeah. So um, that was I, back when there was a driving range where Mullins Crossing is. Yeah, and Walmart yeah. was a big deal when they built that thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um, I, honestly, I I barely came to uh, came to the downtown area. Um, I spent a lot of my time over um, over in the uh, over where Grovetown was. Okay. Um, so you know, it's it, I I just have a very different view of how um, how I actually look at things and you know, look at the world around me because you know you you have a military installation that's there and wherever military installations are, there tends to be quite a bit of growth. Um, and then, you know, at the time, there, uh, that was the uh, one of two signal bases um, in the in the entire um, in the entire army. So there, it was gonna you know, grow something's some gotta happen. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, so there, you know, there was a lot of a uh, lot of um, open land space. You know, the population was actually still growing at the time. Uh, there was talk about um, different uh, projects um, happening. You know, so there there was just a. It just seemed like it was the the right mix of things happening at that time. So I was like, you know what. Looks like I need to come back here. Let me, uh, you know, check back out. Check back out in a few years. It almost sounds like when you watch a sports game and you're like watching a team and you're like, that team has momentum, mm-hmm. and you can't say like what that means specifically, but you're like, I feel good about what they're doing right now. Yeah. Right. Not yeah. not in the Florida Kentucky game though. There was some good uh, momentum in that game, but geez. not the kind you liked. No. Um, <laughs> 
first of all, we want to thank you for your service. Seriously, thank you for the years that you've dedicated to the military in the U.S., and we appreciate it. I know that this town appreciates you. Yeah, I kind of want to move into what Tech for Success is. I mean, did you have... Um, are you bringing back experience that you had in the military to this business or can you tell us a little bit about yeah. how this all happened? Um, so I'm, I'm bringing back a little bit of experience from, uh, from when I was in the military. Um, so I, I actually grew up, um, I grew up a bit of a tech nerd. Um, you know, my brother was, uh, my older brother was actually building computers, um, you know, for a living and, you know, I, you know, being the middle child, you kind of live in the shadow of um, the shadow of your older siblings. So I was kind of living in the shadow of my brother because he was a track star, you know, computer guy and everything else. Um, you know, so I, I started to teach myself, you know, computing um, and a few other things. Um, you know, so when I joined the military, I kind of um, I kind of stepped away from that because, you know, the medical field was also the, the other side of my family and what they you know like to do a lot. Um, so because that opportunity came up, I, I just I took that on. Now, um, from being in the military, one of the main things you learn, regardless of what jo- what career field you're in, is how, um, is business management. Um, because you, you're once you become an NCO, you learn to manage people, and you know you have to learn how to manage those people, how to um, how to how to function as a team, and how to actually get you know get things to um, get resources and all the things mm-hmm. you need to support you know the mission that you have. Um, so the um, the computer stuff that I do now, um, a lot of it actually didn't um, didn't become a reality until after um, after I actually uh, retired from the military and and started uh, started getting back into the civilian sector. And that was 2013. Uh, that was actually 20 uh, 2017. 2017. So you yeah. moved here. You're still in the military for four years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And at, in 2017, when you retired, did you start your own business like right out of retirement? No, so um, I decided to actually uh, take a break um, because uh, so I understand. I, yeah, so <laughs> I was actually medically retired. Um, so there was there was just a lot of medical issues that were um, that have been piling up over the years. So um, I decided to take a break for a while to try to get my uh, get myself healthy again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and after about seven eight months of being at home, I got extremely bored. Yeah, <laughs> because you know you go from you go from uh, fifteen you know fifteen years of nonstop. Like every morning up at four, you know, working, you know, telling soldiers what they need to be doing, deployments and everything else. So, you know, so you're you have that um, you have that mentality of I have to accomplish something, you know. So um, so I decided to uh, I decided to actually try to um, get job, get a job as a school teacher. Um, so I actually uh, was one of the uh, one of the first teachers they hired for the um, for the cybersecurity program for Richmond County. Um, I, uh, I ended up, um, I ended up, uh, leaving that job because there was just a few, there was just a lot of things that, um, I wasn't ready for, um, on the civilian side. And, you know, it was, it was a real anxiety thing for mm-hmm. me. So mm-hmm. I, I had to, um, push that job off to the side, but, you know, from, you know, from my experience of doing that job, I realized that there was, um, there was a number of things that, um, that students actually needed that they weren't getting. Um, you know, cause in that, in that class, there were actually students that didn't even have computers at home. And, you know, I'm sitting there, you know, trying to teach them how, you know, how to, you know, be, uh, do cybersecurity, but, you know, there's nothing they can do at home to do any follow-up because, you know, in the classroom, you can only teach so much. They ha- there, there has to be a bit of stuff, things that they have to go home to do. Um, you know, so uh, initially, I decided to um, after I um, after I, I left the school district, um, I decided to create a, um, a nonprofit. Um, that's actually what my business was going to be. Um, it was so that was the first kind of thing you did after that. Yeah, um, that well, it was the first idea that I had. First idea, okay. Yeah, so okay. Um, so I wrote it on paper as uh, Tech for Success <laughs> Youth Academy. Okay, um, and then I actually uh, became a member of the clubhouse uh, to start doing my networking and everything else. Okay, insert clubhouse ad here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a proud member of the clubhouse. Excellent, yes. um, and you know. From from being there, I, I met uh, met a number of other entrepreneurs, and uh, you know we started talking, and you know I realized that you know, trying to do a nonprofit right off the bat wasn't wasn't the best idea, not not for what I was actually looking at doing. Um, we also realized that um, that trying to do a youth academy there was too many roadblocks in the way of uh, you know getting to that. 
Um, so, you know, I, I became a little bit more unorthodox in my thinking of, um, of how to do it. And, you know, I started looking at it, uh, looking at it backwards. Um, one thing that I noticed was that there is no electronics recycling within 100 miles of this, uh, this area. Wow. There's just none. We'll be back with more Tech for Success after this quick message. One of the sponsors that is part of Drop the Dis is one of my favorites. In fact, it's one of a lot of our listeners' favorites, Savannah River Brewing Company. There's a lot of beers that I've always talked about or try to encourage you to go check out some of their beers in the tap room, but I kind of want to give you some facts about their brewery. Their brew house occupies 16,000 plus square feet. That's huge. They brew 30 barrel batches and ferment in 60 barrel fermenters. They have eight fermenters that delivers 450 barrels of simultaneous fermenting capacity in a single cycle, which equals 14,000 gallons or nearly 150,000 cans of beer per cycle. And the crazy thing, they do 1.8 million cans annually right here in Augusta, Georgia. That is incredible. And one of those cans that you're about to be able to purchase is Wired Dynamite. Wired is one of my favorite coffee beers I've ever had. First, it's just all Augusta. They infuse their Dynamite Brown Ale on coffee beans using the Nicaraguan blend from the local roaster, Bona Cafe. Love all of that. If you want more information, I got all this information from savannahriverbrew.com. They've got all events, what beers are on tap, what cans are available, where to buy it. Check them out, savannahriverbrew.com. So talk about electronics recycling real quick, because I put that note down when you first spoke about it at the beginning, and I don't really, I mean, like I can think about putting it in a blue box, but I don't think that's exactly how it works. I mean, works. are we recycling keyboards? Right, what are we doing? Yeah. What happens? So um, so with electronic recycling, uh, basically what you're doing is um, all, anything that uh, anything that is uh, peripheral to, um, to a computer, um, printer, or any, any kind of IT device, um, you actually send it, uh, send it to a company like mine and we will break it down and process it into its, uh, into its raw materials and we'll send it off to another, uh, another processor that will actually, um, they'll break it down even further they'll, um, <coughs> and then they'll actually turn it into new electronics. Um, you know, wow. what a lot of people don't know is that with electronics, almost, uh, almost 90% of an electronic device is completely recyclable. So you can actually get, um, you can get a uh, you can get a brand new computer out of um, out of like five old ones, like real easy. Um, and then you know the older the computer is, the uh, the more raw material that's in it because back in the day the uh, manufacturing process wasn't as refined as it is now. Right. So you know by recycling uh, you know one older computer now you can you can actually you know make a lot more um, a lot more um, products. Um, and also, uh, right now, um, uh, it's, and it's actually called e-waste. Um, that's nor that's what, um, I normally call it. Um, but with e-waste, it's actually become the largest, uh, the largest growing waste stream globally right now. And it's, uh, the least recycled waste stream, especially in the United States. Um, so in the United States, uh, we generate, um, about 6.9 million tons of, uh, of e-waste every year. And only about 9% of that actually gets recycled. Wow. So... You know, when you look at uh, when you look at all of um, all the uh, the e waste that's not getting recycled, that's a lot of potential. What happens? What happens uh, to it? it? Goes to a landfill. Um, it generally actually just goes to a landfill. Okay. There's, uh, there's really no. On, honestly, that nine percent though, that the numbers got to be like that because of just not being educated. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. My family, we're a recycling family. Yeah. I didn't even think. To recycle. We need a third box. Yeah, yeah. we See, need and a we third do. bin, <laughs> and, and, and you know, come pick it up from me. <laughs> yeah, and you know the crazy thing: if you actually, um, if you actually open a computer, and there's actually a do not, um, a do not put in trash symbol on on the boards on the right. inside, and nobody knows that. No. Nobody no. knows no. that. No one, no one ever really thought thinks no. to look in there. Nobody opens the computer up. Yeah. So you had this thought, and you're like, "This is not happening enough," mm -hmm. and so. You had this nonprofit kind of idea. You're at the clubhouse talking to other entrepreneurs. What what happened next? 
Um, so I, um, I actually decided to spend about two and a half weeks and write a, write a business plan um, that kind of outlined, um, outlined the uh, process for electronics recycling, how to, um, how to turn revenue from it. And um, I also laid out the foundation for how I was actually going to um, make it into, you know, ultimately what I wanted it to become, which was, was actually a training institution. So, you know, Tefrasess Youth Academy, the, my, whole, my whole premise behind that was to um, develop, a, uh, develop a location where I can take, um, I can take computers and give, uh, give students the ability to, to get hands-on, like hands-on learning from that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, just completely inundate them with, with whatever type of electronic device I can bring in. Because, you know, um, a, lot of, a lot of what you see in, uh, in the school, um, in schools is, you know, they're teaching them on newer stuff. And, you know, the draw, it's great that they're teaching them on newer stuff, but one of the drawbacks to that is when they go out into the field, they're not gonna see that newer stuff. <laughs> they're going to see someone that's running uh, running their entire business on a window, Windows XP computer. Maybe and I hope not. Maybe <laughs> it might be even worse than that. <laughs> yeah, um, and and I have seen worse. Um, you know, and you're you're going to have students that are going through their uh, their education, getting trained on the you know, top of the line equipment, but then you know you have businesses that don't have the top of the line equipment, and you know the students don't understand how that top of the line equipment works because that's not what they're trained on. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, so with me, what I looked at was, all right, if I do recycling, well, I'm going to get this older stuff. And if I turn this into a training environment, well, when this older stuff comes in, I'll be able to teach all I'm teach whoever I have here what all this older stuff is. And then they'll actually have that experience. And over time, they can become up. They get upskilled while they're actually working for me. So, you know, they, they don't have to know anything coming in the door, but by the, uh, within a year, they're going to know a lot more than, you know, what they probably expected to ever learn. You know, and that's, the, you know, that's the, that's ultimately why, I, why my business is set up the way that it is, you know, so, you know, we have the, uh, we have the Broad Street location where we do um, the computer repair, um, computer repair, cell phone repair. Um, What's that sales. address? Uh, it's 912 Broad Street. And that's the address that you had the ribbon cutting at uh, yep. not too long ago. Was it July? Was it August? Uh, I think it was July, yeah. July. Yep. I remember it was hot. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it definitely was. Yeah, so I, you had to make everybody go outside because there's way too many people for that <laughs> to fit in there. Um, but, you know, that. so that building is actually, um, it's our retail space, but it's um, it's actually our main training area. So once... Um, so once we uh, once we get everybody trained up um, on the uh, recycling side, and they're, they you know we identify that they have the um, have the uh, confidence and competence mm -hmm. to to actually learn um, how to put the stuff back together. We if they choose to, um, we'll we'll actually allow them to go to our um, go to the Brostry location, and then they can actually learn how to do computer repair. You know, so over time they actually will learn how to become a PC repair technician. Yeah, you know, so we we um, I designed the company to be a, a very mobile. Um, so we have we have all these different um, different things that you can actually do in the company. So it's it's very um, I try to make it, make it as robust as possible so that I can get the largest uh, the largest um, you know population of interested individuals in the door. Um, mm -hmm. Because you know, even right now, it's we're in a we're in a um, employee employee shortage. You know, so you know, being able to develop an employee in house that's yeah, you know, that's the best thing you can actually ask for right now. So it sounds like you you have two locations. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. So we're we're currently working on the second location. Okay. Um, so our second location is at uh, sixteen seventy six Nixon Road. Um, that is actually going to be um, is going to be our um, actual recycling facility. Um, so we, we just finished moving in, um, but it's going to be about another month, month and a half before we, uh, we can actually start operating. Okay. Um, so we, I mean, we also do e um, have an e-commerce uh, side. So, um, so we will sell, um, sell some of the components that we, uh, that we are, that we're able to actually uh, pull out of computers, um, because we do believe in reuse over, over scrapping, uh, a lot of, um, a lot of the stuff. So if it's still if it still works perfectly fine, we'll uh, we'll sell it on, on our uh, e-commerce side. Um, so that's also our warehousing uh, space in that building as well. So you guys do recycling. Yep. You do repair. Yep. You sell the technology. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that I assume that you repair things that you recycle maybe, but I'm sure there's more to it. Yeah. And you also do e-commerce. Yeah. That's a lot. That I mean, is a lot. That's well, a lot. 
There's there's a couple more too. There's um, more. <laughs> yeah. And, and and there's something about uh kind of broadband that we haven't even touched yet, but let's hold off on that mm-hmm. until until just a minute from now so we don't overwhelm the listener. Right. Um talk to us about your team. I mean, there, you must have you you can't be doing this alone. No, I, I'm not. Um I was for uh for a while. Uh so I actually just started hiring um hiring employees. So how long did you do it alone? Like 2 years? About two, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So yeah. Um, well, it wasn't completely alone. So my mom, uh, my mom's always uh, always been there. So whenever okay. whenever I needed help, she was uh, she would actually come in. So um, like she honestly, she has her own recycling bench, and no one can tell her anything because she <laughs> literally knows how to do everything. In there. So um, did you convince your mom to move to Augusta? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good yeah, job. Thank you. You are a great ambassador. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm trying to actually get my entire family moved down here. My, Come on uh, down, guys. Here, yeah, because my my brother in law and my sister were actually at at the grand opening, and my brother in law was like talking to people about moving here. So I'm like, yeah, mm, there we go. Cost. What's yeah. his name? His name's Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. Hurry up. Get on down. <laughs> get over here. <laughs> okay, so so you're talking about building the team. I, I I interrupted you, but it was worth it. Yeah. So um yeah so one of uh, one of the guys um his name's uh, Reggie he's uh he's actually been with me for uh, for a while on and off um but um he originally owned the store uh, the store at uh, 912 Broad Street back when it was a cell phone repair shop. Okay. Um so you know he uh, he started working for me for a little while um when we're at a when we're at a different location um and then we had Where was to, your first location? Uh the first location was actually uh, 1219 New Savannah Road. Um Okay. So we were in that building for uh, for a little while. Um, he worked for me for a few months there, um, and yeah. So he actually he actually knows how to do cell phone repair and some computer repair. Um, but he's he's a great manager. Um, so right now he um, he's actually going to be one of the operations managers for the uh, for our Nixon Road um, Nixon Road facility. Um, and then I have um, I have Christina. Um, she's actually going to be the uh, ma- the manager for the store downtown. Uh, she's actually our um, lead uh, PC repair technician, um, so she's uh, she's extremely knowledgeable. She um, she she knows computer repair. She's uh, she pretty much self taught, um, and you know, and that's with a lot of the a lot of the people that I have. They're they're basically all self taught on how um, how to do uh, do their particular uh, craft. Nothing is wrong with that. We had uh, no. David Ray and Chris on from yeah. uh, who yeah. you know very yeah. well yeah. from we uh, are. Cyber City Circuits, and they. Chris at least is uh, school of hard knocks. Yeah, he is self-taught. So <laughs> yeah. nothing is wrong with self-taught. No. Yeah, and um, we we actually partner a lot with Cyber City Circus. I, I was actually over there during lunch. Um, I mean, Cyber know, City Circuits and Tech for Success Academy sound like they're kind of going that same direction. Um, we we are. So David um, David is actually one of the people I talked to uh, um, when I was a member of the clubhouse, and you yeah, know, I I heard what he was talking about doing, and you know, I, I kind of idolized David because <laughs> you know his uh, his training program that he uh, he designed is is pretty is pretty unique, um, and you know we're I'm I'm trying to work with them um, as much as possible because you know there's just a lot of synergies yes. between both our businesses, yeah. and we you know. Yeah, we 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 made a really good friendship, um, you know, over the over the last two years. Yeah, I mean, y'all recycle it and they repair it, and yeah, bada bing, bada boom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is a great time in the episode to promote our friends at the clubhouse. We know that the clubhouse is a co-working space and is available for big businesses and businesses that are just starting up. But there's a small element of it that may not be so small. That's less tangible than just workspace. You've heard already multiple episodes that we've done with people that have been formerly startups coming out of the clubhouse and who are now opening mission-based businesses in Augusta just like Tech for Success. If you have a startup, if you have a mission-based idea, even if it's just a business plan on a piece of paper or even if you haven't gotten that far, I would highly, personally, highly encourage you to check the clubhouse out, see how they can help, Eric Parker, their director, Chase Lanier, their manager, Joy Barr, their strategic partnership manager, and everyone else on their staff is built around helping businesses grow. If you have an idea, check it out now. Find more information about them on the third floor of the Cyber Center or at theclubhow.se. And if you have a startup idea, visit the Make Startups program at makestartups.com. 
Okay, let's talk about the other things you guys have going on. Okay. One one is a project, I know. Is mm-hmm. there is there something else before we get to that? Um so the uh the only other two things that we're um that we do is uh one we um we do uh some tech support services. So okay. yeah, so if you do need um a technician to come look at your uh, look at your stuff, we'll we'll actually come and do that. Um Okay. And then um we actually have two projects that we're working on. Uh, one of them should have should have happened uh, back in 2020, but you know the mm. pandemic, you know, kind of yeah. a lot of derailed. things should have happened in 2020. Yes, I get that. Yes. I get that. <laughs> yes. So we um, we're actually partnered with a uh, with a nonprofit called Changing Faces. Um, so what our partnership with them um, entails is uh, is our training side. Um, okay. So the program is called the Best Program. Um, it's a baseline education for sustainable technology. It sounds it's a mouthful, but it's. It, it, it was uh, it was a the program is really designed to be um, to be our training platform for um, for all this all of our students uh, whether they actually work for my company or if they um, if they're just someone that wants to you know learn more um, so you know throughout the pandemic what we uh, one of the things we identified was that there was um, there was a lack in uh, computer literacy um, in the area particularly for uh, people over the age of uh, over the age of fifty. Um, so we were trying to do, um, we were trying to run computer literacy, uh, courses, um, but, you know, trying to teach computer literacy virtual is that, that's just, no, because yeah. the whole point is they don't know how to use a computer. So <laughs> right. I can't really, you know, do a virtual. You After know, this class, you will be able to sign into zoom and yeah, take right? this class. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, um, yeah, so we basically had to put everything, um, everything with that program on the back burner, uh, mm-hmm. cause there's, you know, we, ha- we have three different, uh, categories that we, uh, that we try to train. Um, so we have, uh, youth, um, uh, adults and then seniors. Um, so we're, we're still, we, we have most of everything built, but you know, right now it's just, um, waiting for, uh, waiting for conditions to kind of, uh, change a bit. So that we can actually uh, roll out the classes um, the way that we uh, that we really want to. Gotcha. So now let's talk about this other project. This all right. is all very exciting. Yeah. This, this is, is by the way already like six things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just want to say y'all can't see his t-shirt right now, but the logo's on point. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I love it. Yeah. I love. I can't wait to hear about this project. Yeah. So the um the the other project is um is actually a, a broadband project. So what we're what we're actually doing right now is um. We're trying to bring a wireless internet service to uh, to the downtown area. Um, it's uh, we we actually have our first node up right now. It's actually on the roof of uh, Ruben's department store, um, and we're we're going to start rolling out a few other nodes. Um, we we're trying to provide um, multi gig internet to uh, to the downtown area, so you can actually. Um, you can actually get it from just about anywhere between, um, I think we're doing 13th down to 4th Street. Okay. Wow. Is there so, like a big need for that? Like what inspired that idea? Um, options. So there's there's very few options when it comes to internet. And um, you know everyone we talk to, they are not satisfied with their current provider. And you know depending on what side of Broad Street you're on, you only got one provider. <laughs> yeah, you know, so you know mm-hmm. we're we're looking at providing um, a, a high speed option that is substantially cheaper than what you're uh, what you're getting. From, you know what most people are actually able to get from the other providers. The signal is actually um, the signal is actually strong enough to where you know we can actually provide it uh, to any um, to any of the buildings that are down here, um, uh, regardless of uh, regardless of what obstructions in the way. So we're trying to make it robust enough to where it'll actually make it through the trees. Now, um, now, would this be a situation that you have with the city, or would it be? Uh, do would if I wanted to use it, would I need to purchase a subscription to like use how it? How does it work? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, so basically, the uh, the subscription is a flat rate, uh, seventy dollars um, for a residential, um, and then uh, one hundred and thirty for a business. Um, so the price never changes; it's always going to stay the exact same. Uh, for a residential customer, there's no contract at all. It's literally um, you want the internet, you sign up for it, and we uh, we uh, we just attach a small receiver that's about the size of a cell. Yeah, it's about the size of a cell phone. Um, we have to attach it to the outside of uh, outside of the building, um, run a wire inside um, to a uh, to um, a modem, and then you just plug in. And that's it. And the speeds are the speeds are going to be up to a gig. Um, there's no there's no data caps. It's literally unfilled. Whatever whatever internet you need, <laughs> that's what you're going to get. How did you come to to start on this? 
Um, so we're you, you weren't busy enough, right? Like you weren't bored. You weren't sitting around trying to think like, oh, I need to do something. Yeah, I need more. I right. need more. Yeah. Um, no, so we're, we're actually partnered with a, with another company um, called Broaden Wireless. So Broaden Wireless is actually the company that um, that's providing the internet service. Um, our role in it is we um, we actually provide all the equipment and um, all the tech support for the uh, for that service. Okay. Um, so you know we we actually uh, we actually partnered with them because we're adding it to our uh, part of our training program. Um, so our training program is uh, basically um, you know we do computer repair, networking, and then um, you know so system administration. Um, and there's going to be a little bit of programming. Um, you know, so because we because we're trying to offer all those training opportunities, we also wanted to have some real world examples of how to actually do everything. So that way, you know, people have um, have the options of you know, yeah, you may you may be interested in uh, computer repair, but if you don't see yourself doing that forever, well, here's 15 other options you can <laughs> look at. And if you want to test it out before you you know try to go someplace else, here's one company where you can literally do all of that and under one roof. You know, so. We try to make uh, we try to make um, you know give people as many options as they can within one uh, within one business so that you know. And what's the timeline on that? Um, so right now um, we are actually uh, we're actually behind a bit. Um, so the so the uh, chip shortage has really put a put a hamper in a lot of uh, a lot of what we're doing because um, our uh, our equipment's been on back order for uh, about. Four months now and just give you know we don't have to do the tech specs but give us a little context into this oh uh, with the chip shortage yeah so um the the chip shortage is um there the <laughs> so the crazy part is there's there's actually only one manufacturer and that makes about 90 percent of all the semiconductors globally and um the demand for uh, the demand for the particular equipment that we're using is extremely high um so the manufacturer just can't produce enough of them um to f uh, fill the demand and you know the um in the logistics the backlog the um, lack of drivers um i mean there's just a myriad of other other factors that's like slowing everything down um so you know so so the the equipment may actually already be produced but it's probably sitting on a ship someplace in the middle of the ocean unable to get offloaded for like right. another month or two Whew. you know so it's you know there's it's there's it's just a lot of like different factors that's um that's really slowing everything down and this is the same thing we're hearing about with cars right yes Exact same thing. We need another chip. Well, <laughs> need, we need more than uh, need more than one manufacturer. That's uh, that's yeah. really what it is. Um, you know, but it's um, things things are going to start catching up soon, um, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, and you know the uh, the equipment that we that we have on order that says it should be here in about uh, another month or two. Okay. Um, but once uh, once we start getting all the equipment in, uh, the next step is getting uh, permission from uh, uh, building owners to actually put the equipment on the roofs, um, because you know we we actually um, have three different pieces of equipment that uh, that make up the internet service. Uh, one is um, one is our actual distribution node, um, so that actually has to sit on a building and they. Um, they actually create uh, what's called a mesh network. Um, so each one will, will actually connect to the other and it'll actually keep sending the, uh, the network signal back and forth. Um, and then, uh, then we also have our, um, some long range ones that'll actually send the signal a lot further than, um, than our distribution nodes will. And then there's the actual receiver. Um, so the receiver, you really only need the one receiver um, and then you can, you can actually branch out the signal to as many, um, as many customers as you need from the one receiver. Now I'm, I'm curious, uh, I've got, I got to unload this, this whole situation. <laughs> um, one, my first question is, is this something that's in other cities? And then my second question is for people that are touring Augusta or ha are visiting a, the, the city and walking around, are mm -hmm. they going to be notified to be able to use this network or is it just for residential and business? So um, yes, uh, the this type of this type of internet service does exist in most major cities. So if you go to Atlanta, Denver, um, New York, um, any large uh, large urban center, you'll find this type of internet. So um, I, like Google Fiber. So Google, this is how Google Fiber does their internet. It's literally just a wireless signal. You put a receiver on your um, on the building, you get internet. That's literally all it is. Um, for uh, for the um, 
for you know for people coming to Augusta right now, we're not really set up for um, for anybody uh, to actually connect to it because um, we still once we actually get it up and running, we still have to um, have to test the network to make sure that everything um, that everything jives well. Yeah, right. Um, then you know after um, after a few months of actual testing, uh, we'll more than likely um, start talking to the city about um, trying to provide uh, f- um, like a downtown network. Yeah, downtown network. So that's something you have thought about. Yeah. So yeah, we we have uh, we have thought about it um we've looked into it um we haven't really started talking to the city about it yet because we need there's a few things on our end that we need to uh we need to shore up first um but you know yeah definitely we we would want to provide um provide a wi-fi service for uh for you know guests coming to augusta um you know the uh the other thing with our internet service is um you know Downtown Augusta is only one part of uh, one part of what we're trying to do with the internet. Um, right. The bigger the bigger thing that we're actually trying to do is once uh, once we get downtown Augusta situated, we're actually trying to push the signal further out into into some of the lower income areas um, because right. you know, our our initial goal was to uh, was to actually um, try to solve the uh, the issue of uh, getting internet to the lower income areas, but you know there is there's just a lot of logistics that comes into play with that, and we need a strong foundation to to um, build our network off of yeah. that you know that could help support us pushing out further. Uh, yeah, I even even on a lower level, I mean, the homeless shelters that we have, I can see that this could have a huge play in people that can't afford to have a service, a cell mm-hmm. service, but they can function off a of Wi-Fi. Yep. Yeah. And so I th- this is an incredible idea and opportunity for the city. Yeah. And, you know, and I, um, I try to tie as much of, um, as much as I could into it because that's, uh, you know, with my, com- with the computers, if I, I get computers all the time. So, you know, <laughs> if there's an opportunity to give it to someone in need, that's what we do. Um, you know, because, you know, my, my company is uh, not completely about profitability. You know, profitability is great. Um, it keeps uh, keeps the payroll paid. It keeps uh, mm-hmm. the operations going. But, you know, there is a lot more than profitability when it comes to uh, the things that we do as a company. Absolutely. Um, you know, we the you know, we're in a high we're in a high poverty area. So, you know, it's it's obvious, you know. Um, there's, there's a lot that can, there's a lot that needs to be done. There's a lot that, um, that we can do as a company and we try to, um, we try to pay it, pay it forward as much as we possibly can. You know, if I could hire, if I could hire every single person that, um, that walks into my business, ask for a job, I would, you know, but you know, there's, there's always going to be variables that, you know, that prevent, um, prevent that from happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we grow, you know, I, you know, I'm trying to, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get to at least 80 employees between the two, uh, the two locations we have now. Like I'm actually trying to get an even bigger facility. 80. Is that the word you said? 80. 80? Yeah. That's lofty. Yeah. That's a great goal. Yeah. I mean, just the, uh, the building that I'm in now, uh, the warehouse, um, yeah. we're, we actually need 20 people to operate it. Wow. So that's something you need right now is you need more employees. Well, right now we're probably, yeah, we do need more employees. Um, right now we're probably going to, um, we're probably going to hover at about 10 employees for that warehouse. Mm. Um, but you know, it's with, without, with the way our eBay, um, so our e-commerce is done through eBay. Okay. Um, so with the way our eBay side is, we, we get a lot of orders on a regular basis. So we, yeah, the more, um, the more, the more, e-waste that we actually get in the more uh, stuff that we can uh post on ebay the more work that we have for people you know so you know we're, we're trying to we're we and crazy part is i i really don't advertise that much um so a lot of no, what you I don't. do is word of mouth yeah you know so i there's just people that already know who i am that you know co- just contact me and let me know about the stuff that they have and i just go and get it um so once we actually start advertising <clears throat> excuse me so once we start advertising the floodgates will probably open at that point. Absolutely. Yeah, because um, now uh, what I said earlier um, about being the uh, only e-waste recycler uh, for 100 miles, it's actually on the Georgia side. Um, so South Carolina, as a state, they actually have a law about e-waste recycling. So you have to recycle electronics if you live in South Carolina. So, but Georgia doesn't have that. So, so you're probably pretty, pretty fond of that law. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that law is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but they're, you know, they're one of 25 states that actually have legislation um, about wow. e-waste recycling. Um, and California is actually, uh, actually has the longest running law and they're also the most strict when it comes to it. So the trivia question of the day is what is the law that South Carolina and California have in common? And that's, that's the answer. Yep. <laughs> yep. Very e-waste cool. recycling. We'll be right back to finish off this really interesting conversation with Richard Green. Uh, but first, a couple messages from us. One, thank you to everybody that supported the Augusta Rock Show. Uh, we were able to raise over $2,000 that we'll be able to donate to charity, bringing our year total to over $8,000. That's really, really exciting. It's more than we ever thought that we would be able to do from the beginning. And we thank each and every one of you. Thank you so much for your involvement. Of course, we will continue this program next year with the co-sponsors, Tranner Gray. And we will keep you guys updated as that process goes. And one more quick plug, when this episode is over, stick around because Chris does a series where at the end of every episode, he talks about events and and rumors and situations going on in Augusta to help keep you informed with what's going on in your city. It's called Around Augusta. It's about a minute, minute and a half, and it's 100% worth your time. Make sure you stick around till the end and hear that Around Augusta. And when you do, send us some feedback. Let us know if you have any announcements that you want to make public or if you have any ideas, if you have any rumors that you want us to confirm. Send any questions to our social media pages at DropTheDiscPod or DropTheDiscPod at gmail.com. So before we before we close this part of the interview, I want to ask, like, you, you mentioned having um, a node on top of Ruben's roof. How has the community responded, and and is there something that you're looking for that the community could help with? Um, so the community has actually responded um, pretty uh, pretty well. Um, a lot of it's because you know other options. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, the, like the the number of people in the community we've talked to that that um, that have one option that they just don't like it is it is just crazy to us. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so, you know, we, you know, just being able to provide that, um, that additional option is, uh, is, you know, getting us a lot of support. Okay. Um, I mean, we, we actually have a wait list right now of, um, of customers that, um, that, you know, we just can't get to, um, for the wireless. The, yeah. Add us to that list. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. For real. Added. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, once, once we're able to get everything up, you know, we should be able to start servicing, uh, servicing a lot more people. Um, you know, cause you know, options, options are, you know, that's, that's what you look for in business. You know, that's competition is a thing. Yeah. You know, if you got, if you only got one option, well, I mean, you can't really complain. <laughs> right. Cause you know, who are you going to complain to? What are you going to do? Stop paying? Yeah. Not have internet? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> What else can the community do to help you? Is there anything you're looking for right now? Um, roof space. That is roof really space. what we're looking for. So if you have downtown roof space, yeah. Richard needs to hear from you. Yes. How can they get in touch with you? Um, so they can uh, they can reach us at um, at our at our um, sorry at our nine twelve Broad Street location. So the uh, the number there is uh, 706-550-6200. Um, or they can email us at um, info at tech, the number four, success, LLC.com. And if people want to get on your wait list, what do they do? Um, for the wait list, um, the same thing. They uh, same thing. send an email um, or just uh, make a phone call. Uh, we're, we're actually um, working on setting up a, um, setting up a online, um, online site where they can actually uh, uh, put their name in the hat with their address so that we know where they are. Because uh, one of the things with uh, with wireless internet is you you um you have to you have to be within range of uh, each of the nodes so right. you can't you know jump to from downtown to like you know twenty miles away it's just right you know, right it's doable you gotta do one thing at a time though yeah yeah so okay uh, if we if we um if we know where people uh, want service at then we can actually start building out the network to make it uh, to those locations <clears throat> excuse me excellent excellent are you do you have any other questions I'm out. Is there anything that we did not ask you that you were hoping to talk about? Um, oh, yes. So um, next year, um, we are actually going to run a year-long uh, e-waste collection event uh, throughout the CSRA. Year-long. Year-long. Okay. Um, so in 2020, globally, um, there's going to be 56, uh, 56.9 uh, million tons of e-waste produced um, globally. 
uh, which would make um, which would make e-waste the largest uh, waste stream, um, you know, the largest waste stream uh, that exists uh, in the world. Um, so you know, so for us, what we're going to do um, for our part is um, we're we're creating we created what's called the million pound e-waste our e-waste challenge. Uh, so we're going to try to collect at least a million pounds of e-waste throughout the CSRA um, you know next year. Uh, so every month we're going to do an e-waste recycling event um, at different locations uh, throughout the CSRA. Um, so the uh, the Chamber of Commerce um, is uh, is actually helping us out with that, um, and we actually partnered with uh, two uh, nonprofits so far. Uh, so Changing Faces is one of those nonprofits, okay. and then um, uh, Jesse Norman School of Arts is um, is the second. That's awesome. Excellent. So um, we're actually looking for one more nonprofit to actually add to that. Um, so as part of the event, um, what we're actually going to do is uh, we're going to provide a basically a $10,000 donation to each one of the, um, those three, um, the three nonprofits that we partner with um, once we actually hit a million pounds. Um, anything, uh, every 100,000 pounds over that, they actually, all three get another $1,000 uh, donation um, added in. So if that. you did 2 million pounds, it, that'd be a lot of money yep, for nonprofits. $20,000 for each one. Wow. So outside of those events, how do people get their recycled stuff to you? Uh, so right now, um, they can actually bring it to uh, the 912 Broad Street. Um, okay. So, so everything's running through 912 right now. You could do yes. all of this stuff through that location. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, everything goes through there. Um, for larger for larger pickups, um, you know, they can actually call us or, or email us, and um, you know, we can actually schedule a pickup. And so you'll out. do an at home pickup or an at business pickup. Uh, right now, we're really we're only doing at business pickups. Okay. Because um, uh, the the pickups have to be um, have to be a pretty decent amount. Got it. Um, for residential, um, you know, the best thing you could do is actually just bring it to uh, bring it to our location downtown. Okay. Um, once uh, once we actually get everything um, everything. Thing for next year figured out uh, we'll more than likely have a few more locations uh, for people to drop stuff off and I do have a question and it's uh, not a fun question to answer but are they donating the stuff that needs to be recycled or are they getting some sort of exchange of money or is it just donated? how does it work yeah right. how, how does it work yeah. um, so it's, it's not really a donation um, it's just like going to any recycling uh, facility um, so you just Whatever you don't want, you just drop it off, and we'll um, we actually dispose of it. Um, so we also uh, so we're actually required to uh, ensure that all information um, is completely sanitized off the equipment once we get it. Um, so you know, so if there's data, if there's sensitive data on there, we we do have to completely destroy it. Yeah. Um, so um, you know, for stuff that for stuff that uh, specifically uh, needs to get donated, um, they uh, just let us. They just have to let us know. Um, and uh, what we'll do is we'll actually go out and uh, to one um, one of our uh, nonprofits that we work with, and we'll actually push it to them to let them deal with the donation side of it. Um, because like right now with uh, with changing faces, we actually do all their um, all their electronics pickups as well. Um, because you know as a you know not a lot of nonprofits have IT departments that can actually refurbish yeah. the equipment and then get it fixed up to to donate to someone because. You know, there's there's always that one other piece of yeah I get I have it but it doesn't work so what can I do with it right yeah you know, so we we kind of fill that gap in for uh, you know, for the nonprofits that we work with and provide them with uh, with working equipment that they can actually donate to their um, to their clients excellent okay well thank you for everything that you have provided us with yeah. information this has been a very interesting I had no clue what I was walking into this is a very yeah. dense conversation yes, there's it. information everywhere there's a lot yeah. of nerds out there they're like <laughs> yes recycle it yeah. uh, David we hope you made it this far yes <laughs> um, look we're drop the disc podcast and we ask every single guest this question mm -hmm. and of course the drop the disc question is presented by our friends at Trenner Gray it's a local company based out of Evans, Georgia, multi Emmy award winning company. This is a great, great media source for doing videos, websites, billboards, graphic design. They do it all. And I trust them 150%. Why? Because they are partnered up with us for the Drop the Disc Augusta Rocks concert series which has happened last weekend, but let me tell you what they have done. The first two concerts, they did a flawless live stream show for the concert. Last concert, our third and final for the year of 2021, 
they created a hype video. They had a full team there with cameras, mics, and they were ready to rock and roll. They showed up about four hours earlier, started setting up, setting up the scenes, and I cannot wait until that hype video drops for Augusta Rocks. If you want to partner up or if you want to hire a media company, look no further, Trainer Gray Media. You can check them out at trainergraymedia.com. Uh, we're here trying to take away that diss that keeps coming towards our okay. city. If someone were to walk up to you and talk negatively about this city, how would you respond to them? Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to try not to get on a soapbox for this one, but, um, so Augusta, Augusta has, um, Augusta has come a long way to be where it is now. Um, you know, we're, we're, the, we're becoming the cyber capital of, um, of the United States. We, um, we have a, a military installation that's growing substantially. We have, um, you know, we have a medical school that is, um, that is, you know, one of the best in the nations, a dental college. You know the the downtown area is actually um is actually growing. There's a lot more business coming here. We have industries that um you know we have international industries that are coming to this area. So you know if you have nothing good to say, then why are all these things happening? Because you know this stuff is happening for a reason. You know you people have to actually open their eyes a little bit wider and you know take a look at what the potential is here. Because other people see the potential, that's why the investments are coming. You know, so you know, in order in order for change to um, in order for the change to happen, stop being negative. You know, look at all the positive things that are um, that are actually occurring. You know, because the more industry that comes here, the more jobs that come here. You know, the more opportunities that come for those people that never had those opportunities before. You know, the the poverty rate will not go down if these if these things don't come here. You know, the tra uh, training is, you know, we have um, more training coming to this area because of those jobs. You know, you got, um, you got an Amazon facility that's up in Appling. Well, they need a workforce. You know, just because it's, um, you know, it's in, you know, Columbia County, that means nothing. Because if some of the people that work up there live in Richmond County, uh, you know, Richmond, Augusta, um, the Richmond County, Augusta area. So, you know, there's just a lot going on that, you know, you have to stop. Don't pay attention to all the negative sides of things. Look at all the positives going on and try to figure out how you can actually help to drive that positivity a little bit further. Lots of momentum. Yeah. Thank you. You can see it now, though. Mm -hmm. Richard, thank you so much for coming on. All right. This is a great conversation. And thank you again for your service. Yes. Seriously. Thank you. And we're cheering you on. If there's anything we can do, reach out. All right. No, I definitely will. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you want to stay in touch with Richard Green and Tech for Success, go ahead and follow him on his Facebook page at Tech for Success LLC. And if you want to be part of the local broadband network, please reach out to him with the information that he provided. If you enjoy this episode, make sure that you leave us a rating or review or simply tell a friend. We really appreciate anything that you do to help our show grow. And finally, make sure you stay tuned because Chris has a new presentation of his show, Around Augusta, coming up right now. Hey guys, this is Chris with Around Augusta. So what is Around Augusta exactly? It's really just a segment for myself to kind of talk about things I've seen floating around on social media, or maybe something's been going on in the news, or, you know, quite frankly, what's coming to Augusta? What's leaving? What is going on? And I've got two things I want to talk about. The first one, we're in October, which means Halloween is coming up. October 30th is a Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. Downtown Augusta is doing Trick or Treat on Broad Street. Um, this is something really cool for all ages. And quite frankly, I did it last year. It is fun. Dress up, walk around downtown, trick or treating with different businesses, which means most storefronts are open from 5 to 7 p.m. And we all know that some of the storefronts downtown close around 5 p.m. usually. And so this is honestly an opportunity for all of us to go out and support the city and uh, of all ages, grab some drinks at some bars, enjoy your time, dress up. It's honestly just straight up fun. Um, so check it out. Trick or Treat on Broad Street, October 30th, 5 to 7 p.m. Number two, my last one. A lot of y'all have probably seen that the James Brown Arena is looking to renovate, to completely redo the JBA. 
couple weeks ago, actually a couple months ago, we talked to three retired hockey players. And y'all know where this is going, the hockey talk. Bring back hockey to Augusta. There's a lot of opinions here. Um, for a lot of people, it's a no-brainer to make sure that you add the ice feature to the new arena. That being said, there's a whole other side to this that I never thought of until I talked to uh, my friend Ryan Abel. I'm shouting him out because he made some good points. We all know that Ryan is um, very music-centric, and he is really wanting this to be a music-only venue, which means the arena would be built for concerts only. It kind of makes sense. So I see both sides, and I'm curious to know what y'all think. Obviously, I'm on board with bringing hockey back. I think we're talking about every weekend during hockey season, there'll be something going on downtown brings people to downtown, to the restaurants, to the bars, just to have an all-out good time. On the other side of things, if it's built for an all-purpose arena, most artists would much rather not perform there because they have to invest more of their money in setting up the arena for music. So I see both sides and I'm just really wanting to hear your opinion. Simply just go to our Facebook and comment on our Facebook page what your thoughts are on having a, either a multi-purpose arena or just a music hall. Both great ideas. So that's all I have for Around Augusta. I cannot wait to tell you what I have for next week. <laughs>